When Kate was 13, she started to feel the beginnings of teenage angst and apathy. And she wrote about those feelings in her diary. Dear diary, I have started puberty and I'm having mood swings. I might be writing a lot more often now. Maybe teens do all of the stuff they do because of all the stress. Adults think they know what's going on, but they don't. They just add to the stress. Technically, we don't have to do what they say. We could disobey, and if they hurt us, they could go to jail. That's Kate reading from her teenage diary. I'm Dan Meisner, and this... This, right now, is Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids. How are you doing tonight? This is a show where we go back in time to remember the good, the bad, and the awkward parts of growing up. This time, recorded live in St. Albert, Alberta, we have diary entries about pizza and virginity, a short story about a vengeful Anukshuk, an ode to Steve, and much more. This stuff is weird, it is wonderful, and like Kate's parents, technically, you don't have to do what it says. So think about who you were when you were a kid and stick around. Our next reader, Kate, shared a few entries from the diary she kept as a teenager. And before the show, I asked Kate what her diary entries were about. She told me they have to do with her concerns at the time about sex and losing her virginity And a quick programming note, Kate's diary uses a code, and you're going to want to take note of this. When she's talking about pizza, she's really talking about sex. Please welcome Kate to our stage. A quick heads up, Kate uses some cuss words in her diary, which we do not bleep. March 2nd, 92. I went to Banff on a, a week ago on a ski trip, and there were so many hot guys there. I've been thinking about pizza a lot. I think that it's really unfair that guys can have all the pizza they want, and no one cares, but if a girl does, you're a slut. I remember Carm's dream book said, for a young woman to dream of seeing fish pretends that she will have a handsome and talented lover. I think that a giant piranha chasing me through West Ed counts as a fish dream. C asked me to go to Marmot with him this weekend, and I said sure, but I'd never be allowed to go with him. I think I just said yes because I want to live life to the fullest. I should be positive about everything because who knows, I might be dead tomorrow. (laughs) March 29th. There was a rock and ride at Fantasyland on Friday. C and I spent all that night together. He held my hand when we went on the roller coaster and he said a lot of meaningful shit. (laughs) He's always complimenting me and stuff too, but I won't go out with him. Last night we went to a movie and he told me that if he didn't marry me, he would marry someone just like me. Is he telling me this stuff just to have pizza with me? (laughs) He put his initial ring on my chain so that would be close to my heart. I don't know if I'm in love or if I just want to make out. (laughs) April 10th. Today C asked me if I wanted to go for pizza tonight. It took me a sec to get that he meant actual food. (laughs) We had a good night, I guess, but he was a little bit of a jerk, but he's still freaking hot. I don't know if he knows that I'm thinking about not real pizza with him. Maybe he's just playing me. I don't think that I'm navvy or letting him use me. I think I'm using him. Friday, April 17th. Wednesday night, C asked me out again. 
I finally got him to agree just to see each other. Today he came over and we went to grandma's and we were walking in the ravine and he said something about going out and I said, but we're not. And he said, but will you? I told him that I'd think about it. I don't want my heart crushed by him again. That doesn't mean that I don't want to have pizza with him. <laughs> Maybe I'm obsessed with pizza. I don't know. I guess I just want to know what the big deal is. I don't even know for sure if I like sausage. <laughs> How do you know unless you try? <laughs> April 22nd, still thinking about pizza. <laughs> I'm scared and I'm excited all at the same time. I know how I feel when we have pizza pops and I really hope it's better than that. <laughs> Should I have a pizza song? All I know is I really want some Depeche Mode playing. I know when Em and I talked about it last year, it would have been Zeppelin IV. You're my diary and I think that I can tell you this, but I think my boobs have gotten bigger. <laughs> Wednesday, May 20th. A week ago today, I saw Ferngully with C, and we went down to the ledge after for some Purple City and just to hang. Sunday, he told me he wasn't going to ask me out anymore. Then yesterday, he asked me to go to a movie with him on Friday, and today, he picked me up from school. I think he's just jealous because I told him Jay was back at school. We were sitting in his car, and he played that fucking crisscross song over and over again. <laughs> I did say that I would go to the movie with him if he turned that shitty song off. I just hope he doesn't do what he did last time. We were kissing and he moved my hand and he had his crazy bread sticking out of his button fly. I'm just not good with that stuff in public. I think Jay and I are gonna hang out on Saturday. Part of me wouldn't mind kissing him again. C and I aren't going out, so it's not like I'd be cheating. I know C's been with other people. I don't know why I'm so hung up on him. We're just like really intense when we're together and I know I love him, but I don't want the pain of dating him. But it's like we're dating, this is so confusing. Monday, June 8th. A lot has happened. First, like the Saturday before last, Jay came to see me, but he was in a stolen Camaro. It was blue with T-tops. He wanted me to run away with him. It was so tempting, but all my talk about wanting to live life, I just couldn't get in that car. I told C that Jay wanted to run away with me, and that leads me to my next news. We've gone past the point of no return and ordered pizza. I won't say when or where, just in case. The night started off good, and you might be wanting details, but I just don't know what to say. I guess maybe I'm disappointed. It was kind of like what you'd expect out of the first place in the phone book with all the A's. I just thought it would be better. Was it my fault? C seemed to be okay with it. Maybe I don't like sex, or maybe I just need more practice. It has to get better. There wouldn't be a gazillion books, movies, or songs about sex if it sucked for everyone. Maybe it was just because there was no Depeche. I don't know if I feel cheated or pumped to try it again. Thank you. One of the things I love about kid writing is how it can shed light on the relationships we have as kids. Our next reader, Jennifer, brought two different pieces of writing to our show in St. Albert, and both of these highlight an aspect of Jennifer's relationship with her mom. One written at 13, this is an end-of-month report that she wrote mandated by her mother, which was part of Jennifer's agreement 
having to do with her allowance at the time. So we're going to hear a report written at age 13, and then we're also going to hear a letter that Jennifer wrote to her mother when she was 14 that has to do with her telephone curfew. Please welcome Jennifer to the Grown Up Three Things They Wrote As Kids stage. February report. Money given. $20 out of 60. With an arrow pointing to the 60. Agreed amount. (laughs) (laughs) An asterisk below some of the monetary details. If I might remind you, for the short month of February... Only $20 was, was received by myself. Simple math will indicate. <laughs> Simple math will indicate that another $40 is owed. <laughs> Remember, 60, $60 was the agreed amount to be given monthly. I would appreciate it greatly if that 40 would be given soon, as I don't have any money to my name as of this moment. (laughs) Love, L-U-V, your eccentric, greedy, in brackets, but lovable, in end brackets, beautiful daughter, Jennifer. Um... P.S. I only love you for your money. (laughs) Hee hee ha ha giggle snort laugh. Whatever that means. Um, Mom. Underline. Since you won't even talk to me about the subject, I will attempt to communicate with you, my own mother, by writing. (laughs) Then you can't interrupt me, and you have to listen to what I say and what I want to discuss. I deserve respect, and don't say that I don't. (laughs) Look at the situation from my point of view, okay? As a child, you were probably subjected to strict rules and curfews. I know you want this for your children's own good, but just take time to think about it. Me and Kevin, my older brother, in particular, are smart children and feel that you should lighten up a bit. (laughs) Seriously, Mom, 8 o'clock? Just because someone calls for us doesn't mean we don't have the sense to know when our limit is, and that's what's pissing me off so much. Both you and dad still treat us like we still need to be hand-fed, exclamation mark. We both understand that our education is the most important aspect of our lives, but it's almost like you two don't want us to have a social life. The point is, we aren't so stupid and immature anymore. Maybe if you actually agreed to talk to us sometimes, you could understand, but I get the impression that you usually don't care to even listen to us. It's like you want to run some kind of military base. You try to discipline us to your idea of the perfect Chinese model child. (laughs) 
and you expect us to come running when you whistle and salute you. <laughs> it really wasn't true. <laughs> it doesn't work that way, Mom. Sorry. This ain't no military base. <laughs> and we have our own minds to think for ourselves. Thank you. And sorry, Mom. <laughs> Jennifer, is your mom in the house today? Round of applause for Jennifer's mom. After the show, Jennifer phoned in to reflect on those notes to her mom. The way that I wrote to my mom with, really without any regard for her. <laughs> I, I feel embarrassed to say that. Even now, you know, having done the reading and, and having a good relationship with my mom today and us agreeing that I was a handful when I was younger. In terms of my mother's reaction to the reading, um, given that she was in the room on the night, it was generally really, really good. You know, she, she laughed. She had a great time for the night overall, for sure. And when it came to kind of us connecting after the show, um, it was, you know, it was kind of funny because it was a little bit, it was actually a little bit awkward at these little spurts of awkwardness where she was like, haha, yeah, it was great. It was funny. And then she'd like, look at me all serious, kind of with this funny look in her eyes. And like, she'd put her, like her thumb and her second finger, her little knuckle. And she like, kind of like do like a fake pinch on my cheek. And she'd be like, oh yeah, you, you were so much trouble. Like, and I was like, oh man, she really... I really, I really brought this back up for her. In a way, it was, uh, it was kind of like my way of saying, like, "Hey, mom, I, I see that I did this, and like, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Is it too late to say I'm sorry?" So, it was, it was really good. It was really good. Joining us on stage right now, Dakota is going to share three different short stories, all written when she was about seven years old. One is called Payback Time, about an Anukshuk that gets revenge. Another one is called The Night, which promises to be very scary. And we are also going to hear something called The Monster Dinosaur, reading some short fiction. Please welcome to the Grown Ups Three Things They Wrote as Kids stage, Dakota. All right, so payback time. One day, a girl named Sarah went to the Arctic with her big brother. When we got there, Sarah saw a huge Inukshuk. Sarah ran right up to it and kicked it as hard as she could. <laughs> then her brother said, what are you doing? Then Sarah said, trying to knock this thing over. So her brother said, whatever. <laughs> then Sarah grabbed a rock and threw it at the Inukshuk. So the Inukshuk fell down. One dark night, Sarah and her mom went for a walk. Soon, 
Sarah noticed she was lost and started to yell her brother's name lots and lots. All of a sudden, someone came up behind her and said, payback time. <laughs> so Sarah turned around as fast as she could, but there was only an anukshuk. It looked like it had a knife in its hand. <laughs> so Sarah said, okay then. Suddenly, someone stabbed her in the back. She screamed. As soon as that happened, Sarah's brother ran as fast as he could to Sarah. Then her brother ran home and told her family and friends. Now people think it was because she knocked down the Anukshuk. They think it was another Anukshuk that killed her. This one is The Night, and it's a scary story, and scary is like bolded and underlined. One night, I was trying to go to sleep, but I heard a thump from the kitchen. Finally, I went to sleep. <laughs> then, in the middle of the night, I woke up and I heard thumping from the kitchen. So I went downstairs to the kitchen. <laughs> Luckily, it was just the clock. <laughs> then I heard something from downstairs. So I opened the door to downstairs and turned the switch, but it didn't work. Then I thought I remembered putting a flashlight at the bottom of the stairs. So I started walking down the stairs. Then all of a sudden, the stairs broke and I fell all the way to the bottom of the stairs. Then something grabbed my foot. Then I tried to let out a scream, but the thing covered my face. Then I got my face free. <laughs> then I reached down to get my foot free Then I noticed my hand was wet Then I saw that there was blood all over my hand Then the door opened and the lights turned on Then I saw my mom and she said, what happened? <laughs> Then I said, I would tell you, but you wouldn't believe me <laughs> Then she said Go back to bed. So I started walking up the stairs. Then I heard a moan. Then I started to run up the stairs. Then I went into my room and slammed the door shut. The end. <laughs> I liked the scary stuff when I was little. This one is the monster dinosaur. Once upon a time, there was a girl wooches me. That girl by the police officer. Yep, that's me. Well, my family is a very happy family. Tuesday morning, me and my mom were baking a cake for my dad's birthday. It's tomorrow. Shh, keep it a secret. <laughs> the next day, me and my mom went for a walk at the park. When we got there, I went straight to the swings. After I started swinging high, my mom screamed my name, and I said, What, mom? And stopped. <laughs> my mom said, Come on, there's a dinosaur in the park. We started running as fast as we could. The dinosaur ate my mom, so I just kept running. <laughs> I finally got home. It was time for Dad's birthday. I told dad what happened, so instead of going to dad's birthday, we went to mom's fayonioroli. <laughs> After that, it was okay, but that was a very sad day. <laughs> Thank you.
That got very dark very quickly. Earlier in the show, we heard from Kate. She was the one who wrote about her teenage boyfriend and who used pizza as a code word for sex. Well, Kate was not the only one at our St. Albert show to read about teenage romance. When Trisha was 13, she had a boyfriend, and she chronicled their relationship in her private diary in a series of entries that she now calls Ode to Steve. Please welcome Trisha to the Grown Ups Three Things They Wrote as Kids stage. A quick heads up, Trisha uses some cuss words in her diary, which we do not bleep. There's your heads up. Here's Trisha. I went to camp on July 27th and came back on July 30th. It was a blast. I saw two of my old friends and met some very new ones. I also met a very special G-U-Y. His name? Steve. He lives in Edmonton. What a hunk. He's 16 and is going into grade 11. He has a non-identical twin brother. Steve has brown hair and brown eyes and a terrific smile. The best part is that he likes me too. How do I know? Let the story begin. I thought, I thought he was cute. He kept looking at me. On Wednesday at the pizza party, his two friends, Nathan and Joey, I think, came up to me and said, a guy over there likes you. Who likes me? That guy. It's Steve, said Lori. They nod. Gotta go. They leave. Who is Steve? The guy over there, Lori, pointing. Oh, I squeal. We thought they might have been joking, so later as he tried to, we tried to ask Steve. He wouldn't talk to my friends. They asked Steve's friends instead. They said that Steve had the hots for me. Whenever I went by, he's like, wowa zowza. <laughs> So they told them that I liked Steve, too. They said Steve was going to be thrilled. As time progressed, I found out many things about him from my friends. I even got his address. He only knew my first name. (laughs) Anyway, he called me. I found out later Lori gave him my address and phone, and we had a good talk. I even got a letter from him. It says he misses me a lot. I miss him, too. It's been eight days. I'm expecting him to reply as soon as I wrote him two letters. (laughs) My parents split up and my dad moved to Edmonton. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) I do feel, excuse my language, kind of shitty, but I'm feeling better than before. The good thing about my parents moving to Edmonton is that I can call and hopefully see Steve when I'm seeing dad. Okay, Dear Diary, August 24th, 93. Josiah knows Steve. She asked her best friend Jenny to check out what Steve thinks of me. At first, he didn't want to talk about it. After a while, he talked. The new girl at church, Kim, was 16 and lives in Edmonton. He likes her and me, but Kim's easier. (laughs) Jenny asked him if he was going to lead me on or what. He said that two girls are better than one, and... (laughs) And that if he does tell me, it will be a long time from now. Last entry. Dear Diary, August 26th. Dad's coming to visit us in two days. If it's nice, we'll go bike riding and things like that. I miss him a lot. I still like Steve, but not so much. 
He really hurt me. I guess it's because I usually don't have anyone liking me like I like them. In my other entries, I kind of exaggerated. I wasn't exactly in love. <laughs> I just liked him a lot. Now I still like him, but in a weird way. I can't explain it. I was so mad at mom today. For my discipline, I had to mow the front lawn at 6 p.m. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. <laughs> Why? Teen years. A bunch of hunks live across the street, and girls live all over the place. It wouldn't have been so bad, but at 6 p.m., you've got to be kidding. <laughs> I'm going into homeschool in the fall again. It's just so boring. I need to get away for about half a day every day. I'm tired of family time. Dear Steve, it's me, Trisha. What's hanging? Nothing new with me. This is not the reason I'm writing. Oh, boy. This is hard to write. Let's just be friends, okay? Why? Nothing's happening. Maybe it's because we live a while away or are different ages, or maybe it's our personalities. Whatever it is, let's just forget about it, okay? Can we be friends? Please write your friend, Trisha. That's the kind of letter I'd write for him. <laughs> Gotta go. Thank you. That is Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote as Kids. Our show was recorded live at the Arden Theater in St. Albert, Alberta, and produced by Jenna Meisner. Olivia Nashmi is our associate producer. Our music is by Poddington Bear and Lullatone. Our closing theme is Oh Dear Diary by Sloan. Special thanks this week to Star Literacy. If you want to know about upcoming live events, the best thing to do is join our email newsletter. Just visit grownups.fm and click newsletter. That way you'll be the first to know when we're coming to your town. That's grownups.fm, then click newsletter, or even easier, use the link in the episode notes on your device right now. I'm Dan Meisner. Thanks for listening. for sure if I like sausage. <laughs>